Good morning. Today is the fifth Sunday of the Easter season, so happy Easter. One of the things that I find challenging when listening to the lessons that we hear each Sunday is to try to imagine how they might have sounded to the people at the time. We're not only separated even from the most recent scriptures by centuries and by language and culture, but we live in a world that has been shaped for centuries by centuries of reflection on the lessons that were in their time disturbing and even revolutionary. Take the lesson from the Acts of the Apostles today. It occurred before Paul's mission to the Gentiles, before the letter to the Galatians was written, or Romans, before the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15 that admitted Gentiles, people like you and me, into the church. At that time, Peter and the disciples still believed that the Christian mission was a movement within Judaism, like the Pharisees. That only difference being that the Pharisees believed that the Christ was to come, and Christians believed that the Christ, the Messiah of Israel, had come and was Jesus of Nazareth. At that time, Judea, with Jerusalem as its capital, was a Roman province. The Jews lived under Roman occupation, but Judean culture was essentially Jewish. In some ways, Jerusalem at that time was more like Kabul under the Taliban than anything that is familiar to us. Women could be stoned to death in the street for adultery. People could be hauled before religious councils and expelled from the synagogue for Sabbath infractions as the man born blind or the man lame from birth for carrying his mat on Sabbath both of whom Jesus had healed. The Torah, with its many laws of diet, its Sabbath regulations, prohibitions against public conversations between men and women, against association with lepers or sinners, and above all, association with Gentiles. The Torah governed all aspects of everyday life. I lived in Boca Raton, Florida for many years. Boca Raton has a large Jewish population and at times it felt like I was thrust back into the days of Jesus. I had a member of my parish who was Jewish. Well, actually, his wife was a member of my parish. He just attended. He would have been a member of my parish if it wouldn't 
young man admitting that his wife had been right all those years. <laughs> but he told me about a synagogue service that he attended on a high holy day. The lector got up to read from the Torah and realized that he hadn't washed his hands. And right then, the whole service stopped while they had a debate about whether he could continue to read the lesson with unwashed hands, and if not, whether washing his hands would constitute breaking the Sabbath. My senior work neighborhoods in Boca Raton have are advertisements that they are within walking distance to synagogue. And my senior warden lived in a neighborhood that had a footpath along the canal that abutted his backyard. And people used to walk uh, on the path to go to synagogue at, in the evenings. And so he would put, he decided that he would put some motion sensitive lights along the path so that uh, for the people who were walking uh, to synagogue on Friday evening. And one evening, he and his wife were out on their back um, porch, and they heard a blood-curdling shriek uh, from a child. And they ran down to uh, the path to see what had happened. And the child was uh, hurt. And what had happened was a doctor and his two sons, one six and one nine, were on their way to Sabbath service. And the six-year-old had run ahead and tripped the motion-sensitive light and shrieked in horror uh, that he had broken the Sabbath. <laughs> Association with Gentiles was also an issue in the community. Once I was invited to participate in a panel discussion on marriage that was sponsored by a local synagogue and a Roman Catholic parish. The priest and rabbi hoped that a diverse panel of clergy could convince people uh, not for Jews and Christians not to marry. My own position was if a man and woman can live together, anything else is possible. <laughs> Association with Gentiles was strictly forbidden in the time of Jesus. Jewish exceptionalism was racial, but it was also an article of faith. God had saved Israel from slavery in Egypt and made them a royal priesthood and a holy nation. As God's chosen people, they had been set apart from the nations, the Gentiles. On the other hand, Israel was commanded to love the Lord and their neighbor as themselves. Sounds simple. But Israel had discovered throughout its history that it was complicated, difficult, and maybe impossible. Especially difficult was the meaning of neighbor. I don't think even we appreciate what it means. In fact, our 
word neighbor is probably not the best translation. A better translation might be something like migrant or even immigrant or alien. So the book of Leviticus says, when an alien resides in your land, you shall not oppress the alien. The alien who resides with you shall be to you as a citizen among you. You shall love the alien as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. When Jesus quoted, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, in his summary of the law which we recited this morning, a lawyer immediately asked, who is my neighbor? which led to the parable of the Good Samaritan. The, good, the Samaritans were the hated neighbors of Jews in Judea, but they were Hebrews. They did worship the Lord. Even Jesus didn't associate with Gentiles. Jesus said, in fact, that his mission was to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. When he sent the 12 out, he told them, go nowhere among the Gentiles. One sign of respect that the centurion who came to Jesus to ask him to heal his servant had for Jesus is that he did not deign to ask Jesus to enter his home. Jews just had no association with Gentiles. And so it took a vision from heaven, a divine summons for Peter to enter the house of Cornelius. And it took the visible outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Cornelius and his household for Peter to baptize them, saying, if God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed, Jesus Christ. Who was I that I should hinder God? And even then, Peter, the rock on whom Jesus built his church, even Peter was hauled before the Jewish believers in Jerusalem to justify his behavior, as we heard in the lesson from the Acts today. As rector of my parish in Bogotone, I had an assistant priest on my staff. She was a wise and senior Jamaican priest, the first woman in our diocese ordained. One day I said to her, you know, sometimes I wonder whether Jesus really thought through his business in church. I mean, think about it. No one has ever tried anything like it. Plato founded a school. Muhammad led an army. Nations are based on blood and soil. Empires are conquered and ruled by military might. No one ever tried to create a community in which there is neither male or female, slave or free, Jew or Gentile. 
no distinction based on gender or class or race. And one that is to live only by grace through faith with just one commandment, the one we heard this morning. Love one another. So I said to her, do you think Jesus really thought this through? She said, he's thinking it through you. That's it. Jesus is thinking it through us. Through you and me. Through us Gentiles who were once separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Through us, who now know Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all things. Through us, Jesus is thinking what it means to be his church, what it means to love one another. For only by this, if we have love for one another, will everyone know that we are his disciples.